Welcome to the San Antonio Blogger Podcast for National Podcast Post Month. I'm your host, Jennifer Navarrete, and today my guest is Dr. Cynthia Phelps, who works at the crossroads where mental health and technology intersect. Now, Dr. Phelps, thank you so much for joining me on the show. It's great to be here. Now, talk to me a little bit about that crossroads of mental health and technology. Just what does that mean? Right. So um, many people think of technology and oftentimes they think of it being addictive or bad for you or how to regulate it in your own life. Um, But I'm actually interested in how we can use technology to make ourselves even more mentally healthy. And how does that work? Because a lot of times I think we're going through life and things hit us as a roadblock, but there's things that we can do that kind of keep us on track personally, right? So this sounds more like us taking responsibility for our daily mental health by doing, maybe making some adjustments or using a tool or technology to kind of help us stay on track. That's right. It actually can be used for both. And so if you already have a mental uh, health diagnosis. Um, there are mobile technologies out there that can help you to be able to cope in the moment with what's going on for you. Like for instance, I have been working with the Veterans Administration out of Long Beach, California, and uh, we have created a mobile app to help veterans be able to work better with bipolar disorder. And so that app has, for instance, a Uh, medication management tool in it because oftentimes that disorder is complicated has many medications that you need to take at different times and so it's a a a helper for that to keep everything organized and send you simple reminders Uh, but it also has some really cool things that allow you to kind of cope in the moment so you know there's interventions if you're having delusions there um, there is a way that you can go in and calm your breathing with a little meditation uh, and a variety of other things that kind of help you in the moment to be able to um, work with that disorder. In addition to a bunch of educational information that's in there that you can learn to use more about your disorder. And so that's kind of on the um, you know, mental illness side where if you already have a diagnosis, there are definitely technologies out there that can help you. Um, But I'm also passionately uh, interested in not just people who are mentally ill, but those who are mentally healthy. And how do we stay that way? You know, we know that uh, at any one time, uh, one in four people are going to be hit with a mental illness diagnosis in their lifetime. And so that's a lot of us. And um, I'm in that camp, actually. And so I'm interested in how do we actually stay mentally healthy and do our best to kind of prevent episodes from happening in our own lives? And so I've been studying something called positive psychology. That's basically in in the past, we've always done a great job in medicine of studying people who are sick and trying to make them well. But there's actually another way to go about it. And that is you study people who are thriving And then you figure out how do you help others emulate that? You know, so uh, in the past, the field that has been really good at this is, say, like really high level athletes, like Olympic athletes. And we've studied those people really well. And now we have a better idea if we want to train people to be the top. You know, we know how they think. We know, um, you know, what movements to make. And it's all been studied. And so over the last 15 years, psychology has 
parts of it have shifted to study people who are thriving mentally. And so that research is, is what I'm interested in utilizing in creating technologies that can be can assist us on a daily basis to practice things like mindfulness, uh, to be able to basically keep ourselves mentally healthy. You know, I'm, I'm hearing you talk and what I'm thinking about is, is some of the things that I've used when I was into a fitness journey a few years ago and, and I would use different apps to kind of track my food and to track my workouts. And, and there is this kind of excitement that builds up when you've, you know, either meet your calorie limit or even maybe are a little bit below your calorie limit. And there's also a kind of like this energy and excitement about when you hit these um, fitness markers, you know, through those apps and I kind of get a sense that maybe that was continuing to positively reinforce me to continue to eat well and to work out more because that that positive reinforcement was just, I don't want to say it's addicting, but it is it was helpful. And I was able to kind of go from, you know, one stage of physical fitness and, and healthiness to another stage. And I will say those apps were a big part of it. And it sounds like the apps that you, that you design and you build are have that component in there so that it can keep us on the right track. That's right. And so, uh, you know, you've hit two different things that the research totally supports. And one is that tracking your behavior, just just tracking, even with no, you know, crazy point system or anything like that, but just keeping track of things will help you change your behavior for the positive to more healthy behavior. And so that's really, you know, that's public health has been studying that for years to try to understand how to get people to have more healthy behaviors. And so we know tracking works uh, in and of itself. And then the second part that you talked about is essentially what's now referred to as gamification. So how do we add those bells and whistles that give us that shot of dopamine when, you know, we get under our calorie limit or we hit our steps for the day? And that, you know, you said, well, it's even kind of addicting. Well, it's actually the same part of your brain. So I think that's an accurate assessment because uh, we have a reward system in our brains. And so when you feel really great, when your little buzzer goes off and says that you hit 10,000 steps, that's dopamine that's being released into your brain. And it's part of the reward center. And so, uh, you know, we're designed as humans to do things that are going to, you know, help us survive, essentially. So this system helps with that. Uh, and so in essence, it is addictive, but it's if it's for something that you're doing that's a healthy habit, that's kind of what you want. <laughs> well, I kind of like the idea that um, maybe this was my version of, of kind of being like that Olympic athlete, you know, where they have these these systems in place and this way of doing things that helps them be successful. And for me, doing these little things was my version of that. And so it's great. And you said the word gamification. Now, gamification um, that makes a lot of sense because we have a competitive nature within us as human beings, not just uh, with other people, but even within ourselves where we want to look at, you know, how much, uh, how much, you know, faster we're doing uh, a mile or how much we're not as winded as we used to be when we first started, you know, or how much better we're eating in the food choices that we're making. Or, you know, as an example, if we stick with my example, um, that gamification really does help a lot because it's not just a competition against other people. Cause I could have a, a walking challenge or a steps challenge with other people, but it's also just against myself. Absolutely. There's a, it works the same way in terms of your brain chemistry, whether uh, you're competing against other people or competing with yourself, 
it's the same system and, you know, gamification, you know, I think the word was coined somewhere around 2010, maybe by Gabe Zimmerman. Um, and he's actually working on a very interesting product right now where he's working on a mobile app that actually helps you track screen time. And so, you know, he spent probably the last 10, 15 years of his life working with companies trying to help them make their products be more addictive. <laughs> and so now he's actually working um, to give back some of the power to the people, if you will, uh, and allow them to do the type of tracking of their own behaviors so that they can change their behaviors the way they want. And so, you know, the idea would be lowering screen time if that's something that you feel is a, a problem for you. And so um, the systems in our brain, uh, you know, can, can basically be used for our benefit or to our detriment, depending on, you know, who's in charge of them. And so uh, I'm really interested in giving that power all back to the user so that they can be in charge of their own behaviors. So this is the San Antonio Blogger Podcast, and I know that you have a blog where you talk about these types of things. Um, when you're thinking about blogging in general, I mean, for your for the topic that you have at hand, I mean, what are some of the things that you do to kind of get prepared for that? Because there's a lot of research involved, but then there's also making it something that the lay person, the average Joe, the novice can understand and consume and potentially take action on. Right. Um, and actually, I have two different places where I write, um, and one is on my website, Healthy Designs, uh, that's health and then the letter E, designs.com, and that is primarily for people who are health professionals who want to develop mobile apps in this space, and so there the writing is a little more technical, and I'm often just pulling in the latest things that are coming out on the market or, or research studies that are coming through. Um, the other place where I blog is at CynthiaPhelps.com, and that's a little more geared towards your own personal behavior. Um, part of positive psychology that I have been enamored with since, uh, I guess, 2012 when I first found it is this concept of self-compassion. So sounds like kind of a strange term, but really all it means is a measure of how you treat yourself. And so if you treat yourself with kindness and with, uh, in a supportive way, then you're going to have higher, you know, measure higher levels of self-compassion. And uh, it really caught my attention because people that have high levels of self-compassion, it's correlated really tightly with resilience and also with the ability to have better interpersonal relationships, to be more productive and creative. Um, and it's also negatively correlated with things like anxiety and depression. And that's a pretty tight relationship. And so I became really interested in this and, and I started studying it. And now I'm actually a trained teacher of self-compassion. The premier researcher that I work with her name is Dr. Kristen Neff, and she's at UT Austin, you know, right up the road here. And uh, she basically has been studying um, self-compassion for about the last 12, 13 years. And so we know how to measure this. Um, she's created an eight-week program to raise people's self-compassion. And um, we are working towards developing a mobile app to help people in, in this arena as well. 
Um, but on my blog at CynthiaPhelps.com, I speak in lay terms and I speak basically kind of from the heart. You know, my personal story about my struggle with mental illness and addiction to alcohol is on the website. And I talk about mostly things uh, about personal growth um, using some of these positive psychology concepts on, on there. And so there I'm interested in the research as well, but the way that it's written is um, for the layperson. So I don't really use any jargon or if I do, I explain it all. And so it's actually one of my favorite things to do to, is to make research accessible to people. So it's fun. Fantastic. That is absolutely wonderful. Um, Dr. Phelps, thank you so much for joining me on the show. Um, are folks able to find all your social platforms? I know that you do a lot of speaking and that you're, you know, you travel quite a bit. Can they keep up with your schedule through either one of these websites? I think the most consistent way to keep up with what I'm doing would be my Facebook page. And that's uh, facebook.com backslash Cynthia Lynn Phelps. Perfect. Thank you so much for joining me on the show today. Oh, it was great to be here. I love what you do in town, Jennifer. The San Antonio Blogger Podcast for National Podcast Post Month theme music, Happiness, can be found on bensound.com.